0: When you live in a poor neighborhood, you're living in an area where you have to have poor schools. When you have poor schools, you have poor teachers. When you have poor teachers, you get a poor education. And when you get a poor education, you are uh, destined to be a, a poor man and a poor woman the rest of your life. your host, your co-host, Larry Irvin, a.k.a. Bam, a.k.a. Big Bam to you, Uh, (laughs) CEO of Brothers Empowered to Teach, proud Delgado Community College graduate, proud LSU graduate, uh, Nola Boy, uh, hip-hop aficionado. Who we got over here?
1: Hey, y'all. It's Christina. I'm uh, Chief Operating Officer Chief problem solver, yeah, aka iPad. If you put it into my brain, I'll spit out the answer. Yeah, or Jonesy and uh, Jonesy Bonesy. Happy to be here today with my partner Larry.
0: Yeah, what we talking about, man? Why we why we get here? You know, how did we get here? You know, uh, tell us about the air with love. What is our platform? What are we doing? Why are we special, Chris? <laughs>
1: So To Ed With Love started a few years ago when we first started this work. The idea was to honor folks in the community who are doing great things for kids and in education. And really it was to show love because so many times teachers are beat down, educators are beat down, youth development folks are beat down. and Absolutely. They don't get the recognition they deserve. Absolutely. So uh, that sparked these great conversations between all these different kinds of people, right? You know, right. like we're connectors. Right. So we chose to expand the conversation with, to Ed would love the
0: podcast. Right. You so know, a lot of times moving around these spaces, we, we, we had the same dialogues being had in circles from the same, same vantage points from the same, the same window from the same seats. And I think we just looking to expand the conversation, um, or shift it somewhat to the people who, who, who really matter. And that's the, that's the, the, the people that's being served, you know, by this education system, that's the students, uh, and the parents and, and, and stakeholders alike, man. So, um, how do you know? How do we come up with the name? To to, to Edward Love, tell them tell him about tell him about the movie, tell them about the adaptation, and and, and and Mr. Sidney Poitier. So, uh,
1: Larry and I have a natural ability to just sort of jump into conversations and create. So, in one of these nights of hanging out and having dinner, we were talking about you know things that motivates us, motivate us and things we think about image-wise, pop culture-wise, and I was like, you know, when I think of a black male teacher, I think of Sidney Poitier into Serve With Love. Yeah, absolutely. The 1964 classic in which Mr. Sidney Poitier is a teacher, engineer, goes into the classroom in, in uh, England, serving some poor kids who've been sent to the alternative school. We all know about alternative schools. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, a, a fish a, initially, he's like taking it back. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to work these little bad kids. Right. But he turns their whole life around, their whole perspective, um, and so that's how we got to Two Ed with love. It was like, why don't we show Ed some love? Ed don't get enough
0: love. Education definitely don't get enough love. And I think um, the character that you know, that that educator character that Sidney Poitier played, um, and 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 you know, if I if my recollection serves me right, he was. He he was he was affluent, right? He he came mm-hmm. from. Where he, he, came was from where... he, he was an engineer. He could have been doing right? something else, right? right. right. Definitely could have did something else and walked into the classroom. Um, you know, very very reluctant, very reticent, um, having come from this you know highly regarded profession, um, as an engineer making really really good money. Mm-hmm. Um, a black f-
1: man in 1964. A black man
0: in 1964 and ended like. up walking into the classroom and finding a almost a guy It seemed like a a god given gift, a, 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 a unknown talent, you know, to connect an uncanny talent to connect with, uh, with children and, and that passion I think he had for that uh, gave him the, the resiliency to to want to stay and really have impact and I think that's the that's the conversation that we're trying to have right now man what's the best ways we can have impact and using this platform to we love to uh, like Christina said not only sh- shine light on some of the unheralded uh, heroes and figures in education man but also just give the community more of a perspective and a window to uh, address some of these issues that are just being had by the same circles man uh, the backstory, you want to get into the backstory a little bit. This is our first show, uh, our first show that we're shooting. So, um, do you want to dig a little bit deeper this, and let people know, you know, how, how the, the, the friendship of Christina and Larry began and how did we, you know, or, cause we get that question a lot, right? People all wanna know, the time. they like, I mean,
1: like, how do you The work is incredible.
0: Me? The work is incredible, but why you two, you know right, what I mean? Let's touch on right, that a little bit. Right, for the folks.
1: Right. So, uh, I'll say this, me and Larry come from very b- different backgrounds, right? Um, Grew up middle class in middle America on the by way of New York, um, all that good stuff. Two parents have been married forever and a day, um, forty years, forty one years on my birthday, um, and so I moved to New Orleans and I met Larry. Hanging out Mardi Gras weekend. <laughs> it couldn't be more New Orleans than that. Now nah, could get it. <laughs> On the balcony of the Blue Nile.
0: <laughs> to <TMI. laughs> No, go ahead. Don't. Yeah.
1: So, uh, and you know, my friend Alicia, shout out to Alicia. She's a connector. Yeah. She was like, come hang out with us. And Definitely. we became fast friends and had these long conversations from our very different perspective. a East Coast girl and a New Orleans raised man. Yeah. And uh, we had yeah. some we had some difficult conversations for sure because I didn't <laughs> quite understand where he was coming from and he oh, what didn't I quite was understand saying. where I was coming from. <laughs> yeah yeah I did used to say that, that what did I say that New Orleans I didn't know what gibberish. It was, right? I was gibberish like, she called it New
0: about. Orleans gibberish she said I we bunch everything together. together that's what we bunch <laughs> right. all of our words real together fast.
1: but now I recognize it's like jazz It like y'all actually talk like I'm listening to a jazz record so that's pretty dope
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um, so um yeah go ahead. yeah
1: so uh so anyway we became fast friends and we started hanging out all the time and um you want to tell them about Amber? Uh, we got these little serendipitous moments that happened throughout our time. Yeah,
0: together. man. So we, you know, as, 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 like you said, we, we started having conversations. We started kicking it. And, um, you know, when you kicking it, you know, you start having conversations about, you know, uh, just trying to figure out who, who you are talking to. And, uh, you know, a lot of those dialogues led to me sharing narratives, um, about things that I saw and I experienced growing up, uh, growing up in the city, man, and being able to, you know, um, kind of come out of those situations unscathed and, uh, enough to, uh, still be here and, 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 and tell that narrative, uh, uh, that, that so many guys don't really get an opportunity to, uh, to share with people, man. I tell people all the time, um, my, my story, nothing about my story is really unique. The only thing unique about it is that I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity to, uh, to share and still be standing here today in one piece, man, with some education behind that after making some bad decisions and, and being heavily influenced by, uh, some of these elements that a lot of a lot of black we see a lot of black men deal with, you know, what I mean, when you're talking about uh, uh, those teenage years and, and, and being in certain environments where uh, certain representations are constant, and constantly affirmed and you see them every day. And it it really, I think, puts a limit to uh, the scope of possibilities that black men uh, actually actually aspire to be. We had that conversation about the big three all the time. That's been a very, uh, cliche conversation. You know, most of the time when I have, when I, when I'm in the communities and I'm, and I'm talking to young men or just pulling from my own experience, uh, from the guys that I ran with my constituents in the conversation that we were having, uh, many times the, 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 path to get out of the situation that we was in, mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't drugs or, or hustling, it was obviously sports, uh, sports was the, like the, the, the major rite of passage. You know what I mean? Everybody thought they was going to the NBA. Everybody thought they was going to the NFL. If you played. Um, And there was nothing outside of that that we really thought that was viable. You know, know, we we didn't see we didn't see those examples on a daily basis of people going into entrepreneurship in a legal way. Anyway, we definitely saw entrepreneurship from a different perspective, but um, which is definitely honorable in some in some regards. But um, in a legal, clean way, uh, we didn't have those daily conversations or those daily. We didn't have those daily representations in our neighborhoods or in our schools saying, you know, it, there's, there's 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 another way you can think about entrepreneurship, or you can take this lane, or you, know, you can, you know, think about business or think about real estate. It was usually limited to those those big three buckets, uh, uh or those those major three pathways, man. And we had a lot of conversations about uh, particular individuals, you know, what I mean, who I ran with, and 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 Christina, you had a, a chance to see up close uh, that how that impacted me, and you you had a chance to see me carry several caskets and be pallbearers in several funerals. Uh, for guys who are close to me, why, we, why we've been doing this work, man, and and, how, and why this work is such important, man. We always have those uh, those opportunities to um, kind of get that perspective back, man, and really understand why we out here, why we trying to have a podcast, why we recruiting black male teachers to go into classrooms and, 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 and presenting mentors and just understanding how, how major representation is, positive representation is, man. And that's, uh, I know it's a long-winded uh, explanation, but that's the gist, that's the spirit. Uh, up to it with love and why we're doing this, man. We're really trying to change the narratives for brothers out here and sisters um, and, and create a different uh, a different reality out here, especially, particularly in the education world.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're going to circle back around to that serendipitous moment about how we got here. Uh, Amber. Amber.
0: And our Amber. friend
1: Amber Seeley from... Amber northern kentucky rural ohio (laughs) absolutely had a conversation with big larry over here about his his life and his love of sports etc and she came across the back black male achievement fellowship from echoing green yeah shout out echoing green shout out echoing green (laughs) even Um, though we didn't get it but yeah yeah we uh we uh (laughs) thank you and we and and, and if it hadn't been for her we probably wouldn't have put pen to paper and this wouldn't be here the way it is, maybe because yes. she she sparked a conversation about exactly what Larry was talking about, um, yeah. that set us on this trajectory. We applied for Equine Green. We didn't really know anything about this work. We just yeah. knew we wanted to put black men in the classroom, right? Because from spell both nine of nine our problems. different perspectives. We right. had black men in our lives who were very influential and had done wonderful things in nurturing our our adulthood, right? right? So I had my grandfather. That's the reason I do this. My grandfather was an educator in urban Cleveland schools at a vocational high school. He turned the he helped lots of black men turn the corner, right? Right. Um, you know, my dad has always been at everything I've ever done in my life. He's never missed a thing, except one time when he had the flu. Right. Um, you know, and so we those things we put together to create. That application, and we beat out thousands of people. Yeah, to go to the, and we lost.
0: Made it to the finals,
1: and we lost. We, we had lost. the best pitch. We lost three times,
0: and lost three times.
1: And we shout out
0: Tucker and Green though, man. Y'all really put, it, y'all really gave us the motivation to keep going. Um, we knew we were great, you know, and um, and that's not to undermine their platform in any way. But uh, sometimes as entrepreneurs, you need those failures. You just do, and I was just so happy to come from Echo and Green, and we took it personal. I think we took it.
1: We did, but we, we learned a lot from that too, right? right. Like we learned a ton, like yeah. all the advice that we got the, going through that process, absolutely. like getting on those stages. So absolutely. that really, like you know, we learned how to we learned how to take note on the chin and keep it moving, and keep it moving. So uh. and you
0: need those tests, I think, right? Oh, you know, as an entrepreneur, right? Absolutely. I mean, whether you're right. in education, right. uh, real estate, or uh, or are you trying to buy a wing shack. Uh, you better be ready to take a loss and right, and, right, and, and stand right. up and keep moving, uh, cause that's gonna really that's gonna really separate, uh, the 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 real from the fake. Um, if your if your passion isn't there for what you're trying to do, I can promise you it's gonna be questioned, and it will be tested, and your metal will be exposed, uh, whether it's there or not, or the lack thereof. So, uh, but to answer the question, man, um, Amber Sealy, shouts out to Amber, shouts out to Stefan. Um, <laughs> Marlo sh- and Little
1: Riley, shout Hi. out to Lil
0: Riley. But Amber is the reason. Amber yeah. is the seed. I had a conversation with Amber, just sharing my story, and Amber is why we applied to Echo and Green, and we we, we took that feedback, came back home, and uh, we put our feet to the fire and went to work uh, immediately, and 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 walking on Xavier campus and. Uh, Dillard's campus and having conversations with mm-hmm. uh, these young black men about. Well, from
1: uh, what you say, seven young men, a box of chicken, and $500. Literally. Right, literally. Literally, seven young to men, a box of chicken. 40 young men and women
0: right, between cities. New Orleans
1: and Baton Rouge. We got Sister Brush. Shout out to the Sister Brush. Yeah. Um, major a, story. Major story. And all kinds of stuff is just serendipitously falling on our lap. Like the fact that, Eureka, it's actually a good idea if If some of the women want to be a part of this program to let them do so absolutely and and share and collaborate with young men about all kinds of stuff, breaks down all kinds of barriers, so that's how we got here and so that's our long winded version as this goes on, we'll probably give you much shorter versions of who of who we are
0: It's fine for right now this is the first, time, when we're first to time right what's the what's our end goal what's our end game uh Chris i guess i'll give I'll give my version after you but what what are we looking to do at you know uh Ideally, what do you want this podcast to do? What are we looking to do? So we
1: want this podcast to expand beyond. We want this to open up the conversation about Ed and what we want to see in the learning that our children receive, that our community is a part of, and what schools mean to community and children right? Through this conversation. Absolutely. Right? We want, we want to hear from parents. We want to hear from the students. We want to hear teachers. from the students. We want to hear from the students. We want to hear from students. the teachers because too often the conversations are always had about the same people, right? The right. charter school folks, the teachers, the teachers, the right. principals, the school board members.
0: policy makers,
1: And we talk to the children, but we don't talk, we don't listen to them. And we want this to be someplace where they hear us talking about this stuff and they can help they need to be a part of this conversation. They are the conversation. Absolutely. So Absolutely. talking about these different gonna... issues gives us an opportunity for them to hear this from us and to tell us. So the bros will be on this podcast, right? right. We want it to you be interactive. I mean? right. right.
0: The bros will be on. We're going yeah. to bring we're those personal ask stories. Ask Larry
1: and iPad. You know, y'all can email us. Your issues or, or problems or concerns. Email us. Right.
0: Feedback, comments. Right? Um, As we as we, as we we delve into these these social issues these ed reform issues uh, around new orleans and also around the country um uh, we definitely want to make this platform uh not just a a, a, a two a two man uh conversation we want to we want to bring the community in we want to bring teachers we want to hear the voices of students um stakeholders anybody who's has any 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 consideration for what's going on in, in education right now and how that affects our community we want to hear from you man so uh we will be here uh once a month once a month um, real bros teach. Uh we looking to have some fun with you. Hashtag this, real bros teach. Hashtag real bros teach.
1: Yes, yes indeed. So today's subject is real bros teach, as a matter of fact.
0: So, you know, uh let's jump into it. Let's jump into it, Chris. Uh, iPad, IPZ. Uh you know, today we're gonna touch on we we are gonna touch on the on, on the subject of, you know, uh real Bros teach and uh I guess get into some sub conversations and some sub issues that we see. Kind of under this this aggregate umbrella uh, uh, topic or or theme, if you will. So um, let's just jump right, let's roll our sleeves and jump right in as we usually do, man. And I just, I wanna ask the question to you What is it, you know, from your perspective, from what you see, um, what you've seen growing up in education, uh, the influence your your grandfathers had, your your parents, uh, what you see now doing this nonprofit work or or social entrepreneurship work? What does it mean? What does it mean to have uh, black men in the classroom? Uh, and i guess that i i'll pose two questions what does it mean to have them uh, in the classroom what does it mean not to have them cuz i think that's more so the space that we're in right now we're trying to we're trying to, we wouldn't be here if we weren't trying to address the issue uh, uh of the latter so uh 2% of all teachers right now uh or less than 2% of all teachers uh are represented by this demographic black men uh touch on it
1: yeah, you know, the new stat says <laughs> that we've gotten to 3%.
0: Woohoo. Woohoo. 3%. Um, I'll stand corrected.
1: <laughs> so, what does it mean? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take it from the perspective of the bros. Every time we interview a bras, we always ask him how many black male teachers have you had? And on average, is one or less. It's probably like 1.5. Yeah, right? it's probably you know, 1.3, uh, 1.5. Uh, someone who's a part time coach but doesn't teach, yeah. uh, but is at the school, or it's one teacher they had in high school, right? Right. Um, and the common theme between all of them really is this uh standard of excellence, right? right? So these every time we've heard about one black male teacher that someone has had, there's a standard of excellence that they talk about and there's also a sense of nurturing that they talk about. Right. Uh which really changes the whole dynamic of what we think about black men, supposedly they're not nurturers. Right.
0: Supposedly they, you know,
1: they just phone it in, right? Right. Um
0: and that's I, not the, and that's not to undermine uh, 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 white teachers or Asian teachers or teachers right. of you know uh, Latino right. descent, right. right? That's just what we're hearing about this particular demographic, right? right. There, right. There, there's a, a right. added layer of connection, an added layer of of, of inspiration. Or uh, how do we how do we measure that? How do we quantify I think, that?
1: I think it's like you like we say all the time: like all students deserve to have access to someone who looks like them and has been successful, right? Who's right. achieved something amazing, who has defied the odds, et cetera, right? Right. The reality is, let's just be real. Urban schools are eighty to ninety percent, ninety percent black and brown children, right? They are, and the people who teach them are eighty to ninety percent white women from the suburbs, right? Yeah. Regardless of the most well-meaning, right, for the best, because right. you know we always say, just because you're black doesn't mean you're culturally responsive. Just because you're right. white doesn't mean you're not, right?
0: Absolutely. But, and we'll get into that.
1: Um, the reality is you need to see you need to see someone who looks like you who's done something different, especially when you come from a background where you don't have a lot of access to positive moments, positive jobs, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and so what it means is showing folks that just because you don't know anybody who went to college doesn't mean people like you don't go to college, right? right? Just because you don't know someone who's an entrepreneur doesn't mean that people who look like you can't be entrepreneurs, right? Right
0: right and i and you know usually we 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 both you know when we're having these conversations in regards to air reform we you know we usually uh conveniently play devil's advocate for one another mm-hmm. um and just you know constantly pushing that bar and and challenging perspectives and looking for loopholes here here's my pushback what do you say to those those, those people uh the, that group of people uh that may say well uh well christina and larry uh uh black men uh, black and brown children have been uh educated uh, for generations hundreds of years uh, by the current, by the current status, uh, with the, with the, the, the landscape as status quo, uh, uh, and white women and white men and Asian women and Asian men, um, um, Latina as such, uh, and, and so forth, so on and so forth have educated our children up to this juncture. Why is it such an issue right now? What's missing? Uh, uh, why is it, why is it such, uh, 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 urgent issue to get this demographic in the classroom while we, and everybody wants it. Right.
1: I think it's very simple. 1980 is the downfall of everything in America. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh Let's make it simple. (laughs) Let's cut to (laughs) it. It was the advent of hip hop, the way we know it and love it. You know, both of us giant hip hop heads. That's the other way we met. We both love hip hop. Talking music. Oh my God. Talking music for hours. Um, but that that nineteen eighty nineteen eighty, right? You know, between crack hitting inner city neighborhoods, between white flight and black flight, let's not pretend like black people didn't also leave behind their homes and stuff right in the city. Right? Absolutely. Right. Um, and just the drainage of resources that people couldn't get jobs, right? Right. All of a sudden the teaching profession was used to have a whole bunch of black people in it. Yes. Right. You know, yes. my grandfather yes. was revered. one of hundreds of black folks in the Cleveland public school system. Right. I can walk around Cleveland to this day. And if I said Sam Jones, I'm going to be like, oh, my cousin worked with him in 1974. Like, seriously. Right. Right?
0: It, wasn't, it wasn't hard back, right. you know, uh, not too long ago to find some black folk teaching. Huh? Right? right.
1: Right. So it's only been the, like last 20, 30 years where it's like a dearth of black folks. Right. Right. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff behind that. The feminization of the profession, the lowering of the salary so that folks didn't have to pay right. as much. So when you put women in, we make less, 63, 63 cents on the dollar, something like that. Right. If you're a black woman, you make even less. Um, that's how we got here, right? right? Um, and then, you know, pop culture and teaching becoming this profession that is like the last resort. You got a degree, you can't get the job at GM, you might as well go teach. Right. right.
0: And, I, and I hear what you're saying. But would like I said, bringing it kind of bringing it back to the initial question and, 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 and digging a little deeper, would it, you know, you know, we were educated through a predominantly white education system. And I want to, like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate. Why, Why is there such a need? right now. Why is there such a need to get the, we, to get these numbers back to get back to pre to pre-1980 which you're alluding to? Why is there such I, a need I'll to get this. back I'll say this,
1: yes, we were wait, we were we were educated by predominantly white teachers, right? Right. But if I count on my hands, the number of students who were probably left behind by teachers who just either didn't didn't see or ignored certain students because they weren't the easiest to work with or they weren't in the front row with their hands crossed, you know, a a a, like my little brother who went to the same schools I went to mm-hmm. and had the same access and opportunities I had, and he and many of his friends didn't get the same result from school that I did. Right? right. They got in the. They were sitting in the back of the classroom because they didn't talk too much. They were all of a sudden a problem. My my father sat in the back of my brother's Spanish class for an entire semester because my brother said his teacher was racist, and my father sat there because he wanted to mm-hmm.
0: know. Right. How many times I had that situation. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I came from a small Catholic school, knew how to write and had great grades. And the lady told me because I didn't go to a big 99 percent white public school that they were going to put me in regular classes because they didn't believe I belonged in honors. And my right. mother had to force that conversation. Right. right. I think what it means is and the statistics already say it. The reports already say it. The Center for American Progress has already said it. Black teachers have higher expectations and believe in the achievement abilities of their day. students more than white folks do, we see it every right? day. We see it every day. Collectively. We see it every and day. we are raised how we are raised and we grow up where we grow up. Right. Right. But we need to get past some of those biases so that Absolutely. children can see that they can do these amazing things and that teaching's not whack. Teaching is important. It's the most important thing on the planet.
0: It is. It's the most right? important thing. I think that's from a your parents
1: teaching you to your teacher teaching you. It is the most important thing on right. the planet.
0: Or big brother run away, right? You know, pulling you aside, you right? Know, look here, youngster, you know what you doing.
1: And so, what it means is the village returns home. Is what it
0: means. I think for me, just the to, the to, 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 you know from my vantage point, everything you're saying is is, is so true. But I think um you know um, I don't know if this sounds too basic or too uh, too primitive of a of a uh, uh, interpretation of this issue. But I just for me, it's it's aside from the connection that we hear about from from the students that we work with. Um, I had uh mr Rob, uh my senior year, who, uh business man, uh black male um for me there there was a-, co- a connection there uh this 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 kind of <clears throat> informal connection we hear about um I think this is a consistent theme that we hear about that you know when we when we do our surveys and we ask our young men you know how many black teachers have you had what was it about that that particular teacher that stood out you know and it's always this thing that you can't really put a finger on um but it usually sounds like you know well. Uh, we'll call him Mr. Rob, Mr. Rob, uh, motivated me. Mr. Rob inspired me. Mr. Rob pushed me further, uh, than my white teachers. Mr. Rob pulled me to the side, uh, um, and had personal conversations with me and really was invested in, uh, uh, the, the individual, um, holistically, not just from a, you're in my classroom, you have to excel in this classroom, but no, you're in my classroom. You have to excel at life. Uh, and I think that's a different that's a different perspective. Sometimes we see um, when we see teachers, um, and some black teachers are, suffer from this also. We're not going to just excu- exclude and excuse all black teachers from not you know because we've, we've we've heard the the the, the other side where, <laughs> of that story where it's black teachers, and that's another conversation that we'll probably get to. You know, what I mean, just because you just because you black don't mean you connect. Just because you black don't mean you culturally uh, responsive just because black, you black
1: don't mean you don't think those kids in your classroom are right. stupid, but that's not to right? say there
0: still is something there. Um, when, and when I think we see this dynamic in play, I think you can see trajectories changed uh, profoundly. Um, uh, we hear it consistently. I think you can see uh self identity um, touched and molded and, and augmented uh, in some regards. I think you, you can see confidence um, exponentially increased. And students, when they know there's someone who's setting a, a high expectation for uh, for for something, and, or a high bar for them, and expecting them to uh, adhere and stick to that bar, um, it's a little something extra. It's, it's 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 not so much I don't wanna I don't wanna fail, but I don't wanna let Mr. Rob down. So Mr. Rob has set the expectation for me, man. I think we just in that spirit, you know, what I mean, that's the importance. Uh, it's, it's probably more more of a qualitative conversation, um, but. You know, if we had to frame it that way, but I think that's the importance uh, of that dynamic.
1: I, You know, I just thought about something, though. But the black men in, in schools are not only influencing the children, right? They're influencing the whole space of the school. They're creating an opportunity for folks who may, you know, let's be honest. A lot of white folks don't have access, don't hang out with, don't know black people. In, in right? some regards,
0: but after work 80, with children.
1: Right. Eighty percent. There's, I forget where it was, and I can get the, I forget it was Atlantic Magazine, one of these magazines that talks about these things all the time, was basically saying that 80% of white folks have a homogenous network of friends. They have not, they have one or less people of color in their friendship circle, right? So you're putting folks who don't really have interaction with these folks of color in a place with children of color who have maybe different cultural experiences, cultural norms, et cetera, and why diversifying the space that teachers teach in with black men, do you creating an opportunity for them to grow too? And if those teachers grow, then everybody grows. Right. Right. You know, they can see what it looks like to have a higher expectation. They can see right. what it looks like to navigate some right. of the PTSD, some students may be going through and how to deal with that.
0: Right. Yeah. And then we know that trauma situation is a, right. Is a, is a, is which a will, a whole, which will also a whole different do ball game. And we'll have a segment down the road, uh, dedicated to that. So, and PTSD and trauma how that affects uh, the education space and the students that we see and some of the behavior issues uh, that we see situationally. Some of the behavior issues that we see situationally uh, with PTSD and trauma. Um, so let's take the flip side. Let's take the flip side of it, Chris, and I'll pose the question again. Um, this this conversation feels good, man. It, it feels really good, man, to kind of, you know, to anticipate Digging in some some of these issues, to, like I know we can, right? And some of the dialogues that I know we I know we can have, man, and some of the passion that I know we can exude about this space, and just bringing a different flavor. Uh, to air reform, Wait, man. I think we're get... a little bit different, man. You know, we're talking about the same issues, but we're putting a little, we're putting a little zatarans on it. You know what I'm saying, if you will, so... Oh, you're um... from the
1: East Coast, Old Bay.
0: <laughs> Shouts to Old Bay. I'm familiar. <laughs> on them crab cakes up there, you know what I'm saying, and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> but let's take the flip side, man. Let's take the flip side of the conversation and what's the impact of of of, of the lack of representation? What's the flip side? What's What's the impact of not having black men in the classroom, what's the, you know, what is the impact? And, and I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um, what I see, you know, I see, I see subconsciously, I see a subliminal message being sent. And, I, and, and like you said, you alluded to earlier, um, there's an impact being had at the presence and the lack of the presence uh, of this particular demographic. I think subconsciously, whether it's higher, higher education or K-12, I think the lack of uh, black men in the classroom has uh, put a subliminal message that's very clear across educational uh, lines and and that's that? that black men are not leaders in an intellectual capacity. We can be coaches. Uh, we can be disciplinarians. We can say, Hey, come over here. You know, we can, we can, we can say run that ball. We can say, shoot that ball, you know, but not, not often do I see in our work, um, this particular demographic get fully embraced. Um, as teachers, as educators, as, as great minds, if you will, for lack of a better description, man. And I think when you have that in place, I think it's, 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 it's inevitable that people, you know, people don't see you in that capacity. You know, children are what they see if they don't see black teachers. What make you think they're going to aspire to be uh, if, if it's not a reality for them? Touch on that for me a little bit, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love his transitions. They're amazing. Um <laughs> Well, I I have two thoughts, right? Um, The first thought about what it means for them not to be there is like you said, right? If if kids don't see teachers who look like them, they're not going to think they're going to be teachers. And I'm going to paint a picture for you like Sophia from Golden Girls. (laughs) Picture it.
0: Great reference. NFL yet.
1: 2013, right? Seven students, $500, a box of chicken, right? We had some... Volunteers from a local university, who were all young white women, oh. and we had our seven bros from Xavier Dillard, and you uh, will know at the time, and they both were there to help students with their homework, and we watched those black children rise like the red sea, away from the young black men who were helping them with their homework, and go over to the white young women from this other university.
0: Never seen it done in more stark contrast. It
1: was so stark. It was never seen it, was, it done in more stark contrast. It was it Sorry, was it was it was shocking, right? And when we asked the students, they were like, "Well, they can help us with their homework. Y'all can't help us with our homework about these young black men who go to university."
0: True story. True story. They play flag football with them, though. Right.
1: Every right. day.
0: Right. Time to do homework. Right. Uh, not so much. Right. And so the
1: more they, the more they got to do the homework with them, the more they were like, Oh, y'all go to college. Oh, y'all look like me. Oh, you from, you grew up in the Cali. Oh, okay. Right. But before that it was like, y'all can't help me with my homework. What y'all know? Right. Literally. Right. What's that about? What's that about?
0: Think about it. Listeners. Right. Think about it. So
1: what does but it not really mean?
0: Can you really blame them? Cause no, they don't see it.
1: No, they don't. They see don't it. see it. They don't see right. it, but here's the question. What are people telling them who don't even look like them, though, right? What are you saying to them? Like, I don't have to look like you to encourage you to do your thing. But are they right? saying
0: something? But like I said, or is it a, just a subliminal message? I don't think it's all I don't subliminal. think people are saying.
1: No, I don't think it's. I think, yes, it is subliminal, but I think it's also. We talk about this in school all the time. Kids, their opportunity to expand their minds and think critically in most schools today Is limited, right? right? It's I teach you and you regurgitate. Right. It's the same model we've been using since the Industrial Revolution. Right. Charter school, no charter school. Right? If I teach you that you can be anything, right, some of those kids are going to believe that whether I look like them or not. Right. Right.
0: Right. And some of those kids aren't, right? Very true point. But
1: why is we at an NFL yet with 80 kids from 20 different schools and 20 of those kids get up and rise like the red seat to go to these white kids, right? That says that subliminally and otherwise, right, they're being told this this is not what you do, right? And it goes two ways. You shouldn't be a teacher because teachers are broke, and you shouldn't be a teacher because teachers don't look like you, right? So we're telling people not to teach in two ways. So, yeah, we got a problem.
0: Yeah, and I remember that day in particular, like it happened yesterday, um, seeing those students that we work with every day, man. You know what I'm saying that you know, um, and we had a relationship obviously with, with Mr. Daryl Guy. Shouts to Daryl Guy at the NFL Yet yeah, Boys and Girls Club, man. On Cleo and Broad, man.
1: Not there uh, anymore. He's right, not there anymore. He's not there, no more.
0: He not there <laughs> anymore. But uh, one of those, one of those, right. one of those unheralded unher- un- un- heroes, un- that, heroes. We, that we that we talked about <laughs> earlier uh, in the opening of the show, man. That just does Im- incredible, powerful work, uh, or has done. Right incredible powerful work in the community man it just never really was uh uh recognized to the degree that he probably should have been recognized man but i and a catalyst for two ed remember we were like we wanted to give we were like we wish we had a
1: platform that we could honor folks like mr guy yeah mr Um, guy yeah
0: so double shout out to mr guy double shout out to mr guy man i think he's now doing doing some work uh some religious work in his own church in hammond uh, yeah that's definitely his heart and his spirit but yeah man like that's that's you know, other than other than, you know, losing pit the, the first pitch Nola. You know, we've had our losses. We took we taken some big losses on the chin, man, and losing that pitch competition. Uh, but coming back with a fury after. Um, but I can't remember a lower day uh uh than than that particular day, Chris. And I remember I remember looking in your face and I don't know what my face said, but I I remember being distraught. Right. uh feeling like feeling hopeless, feeling like this work is impossible to do. If kids have, have, I guess, uh, succumbed or given in or bought this narrative that black men can't teach, it's like impossible to teach because we saw literally, like I said, uh, I've never seen a more stark contrast um, or something more blatant than literally our guys getting up from their tables, walking away from our tutors, walking away from our our tutors when when these, these white tutors came in the building and going to them and helping them, ask them for homework, and 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 knowing them, knowing that our guys were there for that purpose, right? right you know, so. Right. I, uh, but you know, we we took it on the chin, and
1: I think I think we can see this also from the parents' side, though, too, right? So you know, we're working at a community center after school program, and the parents don't trust black men in te- to teach their kids, <sighs> like the arm crossed parents that came into the center when we were doing homework. It was like, wow! Not all of them, not all of them, but some. No, not all but of them, some, but like, but some. But definitely, there was a, what can you possibly be teaching my child? Right, right. right. And so we got a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, and I because, think it's another layer of the conversation that right. we have to have. We can't, you know, and I think as we as we build out this podcast, as we grow in this in this space, and we continue these conversations, we're not, you know, let's be clear, we're not. Uh, uh, totally writing off or, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, black teachers like black teachers aren't totally innocent, uh, and, and it is of uh, black educators, black, black advocates, um, and white teachers aren't completely guilty. Uh, we, we're not, we're not, I don't think we're painting with a wide brush no, when, we we, when we speak on some of these issues. We're speaking from a general teachers of all color for, right. so, for certain. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, um, moving on to the, to the, to the next topic and our closing topic, you know, uh, so we 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 touched on you know real bars teach what what we do why we do it the passion behind it you know we, we we touched on the you know the i guess the the elephant in the room you know uh of our work and that's you know less than two percent three percent of all teachers uh nationally uh look like black men we touched on uh what does it mean uh for them to be in the classroom what does it mean for them not uh to be in the classroom and i think uh you know what do we let's 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 i guess open our world. To some of you know, to the audience, to to the community, what are we seeing, you know, in this work that we're doing in regards to teacher recruitment, uh, teacher placement, and school partnerships, and CMOs and SPF scores and ESSA and Bessie and what are we seeing uh, in this space and in, in, in this lane that we create?
1: Acronyms, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing we're seeing is that black men can and do teach,
0: right? yeah definitely they can they can and they can and, and are willing to teach i think uh sometimes we feel like the the you know with some of the losses that we take and and, and, and the struggles that we have trying to find guys' jobs when they have the credentials um you know I think sometimes we even we we've even even been guilty at looking at the individual mm-hmm. right and I think you know we we've crossed that bridge to where now there has to be something systematic that's going on is the system ready mm-hmm. uh to see black men uh mm-hmm. in a, but not just black men but black men in abundance right Mm -hmm. black men in droves is the system ready for that and I don't think we see a system that's ready for that that's diversity ready
1: uh no and I think we also we see that like teaching really is a calling it's also an art and a science right so like you have to be an entrepreneur in your mind and your spirit and a creative to really reach kids in a classroom um and get them to connect with things they don't really care to think about right but they need to um and I think you know um I think that that connection needs to be fostered, and the only way to do that is to like do it slowly, like we've been doing it. Like it's not a widget situation, right? right? So it yeah. takes condition. Well, we're still taking a widget time. approach, right? We're uh, still trying to take a yeah, widget approach, right? It, you know, we we're not putting widgets in a factory. These are people, individuals that we need to feel committed and um, and such to the classroom. This is a new generation of students. This is a new generation of young people. Um, they want to be connected. And if they don't feel connected, they don't want to do it straight up.
0: Point blank period.
1: And they'll go do something else in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, And so what we see is like the more time we spend, the more opportunity we get for them to do self-reflection, for them to reflect out on the world around them. The more they get to see themselves as leaders in front of little kids who like the light bulb goes off right. for them, Um, the more they see that this is a potential career. Right. No, we cannot guarantee that the guys are going to go into the classroom. You can't guarantee that anybody's going to do that and stay from anywhere. Right from anywhere, whether you teach for America or call me Mister,
0: or or any of our other or or, other
1: our other colleagues who do this work. Right, right. Um, There has to be a bigger connection, and it can't be about saving people either. Right, right. Um, Because we see that the savior thing really leads to people feeling disappointed when they can't save. Right. That's not what your job is. Right.
0: Yeah. You have that element going on. I think you also have such a, you know, we, we, we're working in the air reform space. That's so predicated on time and data Mm -hmm. uh, and quick data and seeing quick change and uh, uh, the terms turnaround and, you know, everything's so, so uh, predicated on quick change, quick results, quick data, and I think that just puts a lot of pressure. It creates a system and an environment where people are, are scrapping and chasing and running um, to show data uh, or, or to show a certain type of data and without doing the real work. You know, what I mean, that's that's like that's a term we use a lot in some of our, you know, uh, offline conversations like who's doing the real work. Um, I think we see a lot of surface work out here in edu- uh, education reform. We see a lot of niche. Work. We see a lot of customization. We see a lot of specialization, uh, but we don't really see people in, in all of these uh, particular buckets of 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 concentrated uh, areas. We don't we, we never see real connection, you know, right. very seldom right. do we see uh, with all these people who have, you know, there's all these special approaches um, to education and, and fixing some of the issues there's still such a lack of uh, connection, just genuine human connection, man. I think and, yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead. I think the social media thing has something to do with that. You know, like I, social media is great; it moves lots of things, it connects lots of people, right? But uh, the always moving, always in your app thing is how we run life now. You know, and you can't create human. Humans are not. That's not humans. Human beings need actual connection. We see that what the lack of connection is doing in teaching right. and all kinds of things. You know, so like. We see the results. Yes, it takes longer, right? It's right. more conditioning, more um, conditioning,
0: more patience,
1: more patience. More but investment. if you if you invest in something that you expect to have a good return, like even if it's only a couple of years, but they're excellent, that's going to impact the kid. You know, little kids have memories that from when they were four, and it was something simple. Right, an eight-year-old going to do the same thing if you do something amazing and and influential in their life when they're thirty-six, right? right. Um. So, yeah, that's 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 what we see in these streets. Um, we see Absolutely. that we that black men can do teach, that if they're exposed, they will teach, um, that they have the same concerns everybody else has about teaching, right?
0: We see a lot of potential educators. All day. People do who we didn't not? know it. All day. All right, we talk about the data. You know, I think they need about 1,200, uh, 1,250, if the number's correct. It's in that's that right. ballpark. Teachers by, what, 2025? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, in this, it just, just in, in New Orleans and between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Right. You know, and, and people are, are, are scrambling to figure out how do we find teachers? People are having trouble keeping teachers, recruiting teachers. Um, we see, we see people who want to teach every day. Mm-hmm. A, they, a bunch of them.
1: Right. And they, who say they don't teach cause of A, B, C, or D. Right. And it ain't cause they don't want to. And it's not cause they're not ready. Yeah. It's because they don't want to deal with.
0: The Frankly, the nonsense.
1: It. Some of it's nonsense. It, Some it's, of the things that, you, that, that are created in this drive to collect data, we know how important it is for our students to achieve and for them to get their education and be well-educated and prepared. But in that rush, we're forgetting about humanity, right? Yes. And we're forgetting about the folks who stand in front of you for eight hours a day. They need to be connected. They need to feel like they're valued. They need to feel like they matter. They need to feel like all those things. And these students, they're young, but they're not stupid. And right. they want those things too. And they see how we are failing too often to do that, which I is why we, they don't teach.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think within that, we have to find a way to, uh, we have to find a way to rebrand education. How do we get back to, uh, uh, people wanting to, Oh, I don't even know if we've ever been in this space. I know. I, I, th- I think I remember a couple of people, you know, you know, when they asked that, 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 uh, that proverbial, uh, 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 what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, everybody got that question, right? Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, kindergarten, whatever, right? I think I remember hearing their uh, hearing teacher. I want to be a teacher because there there was a level of coolness to it, right? Mm-hmm. There was a level of like, yo, Miss Williams is, she's dope, you know what right. I mean, and she's making me smart, right. Right. And, I, and it feels and she's good. Cool.
1: And she and she likes, you know, she knows that song I like.
0: Right. She knows that song I like, which I, I didn't expect that. And she knows all the lyrics. And, you know, right. like that was a cool element, you know, high, wh- whatever the approach was. Teachers have different deliveries. Teachers connect in different ways. Teachers bring themselves to classroom. Everybody had their own way of doing it. But I think there was a there was a, across the board, there was a level of coolness and a level of respect, I think, as students. That we had for teachers, that I think has been lost. I don't Absolutely. think I don't think students revere, admire the educators anymore because I don't know if there's a mutual respect uh, across the board. I, right. I think I think right. we see a lot of these issues like we talk about, or we're going to be talking about as far as deficit perspective. Uh, that's a real thing. Um, bringing your your personal implicit biases into a mm-hmm. classroom—that's a real thing. It's a tough conversation. It's a harsh conversation. It means people having to be critical of themselves. Right. But, but I, we have to have them. Go ahead.
1: I think, I, we yeah, we have to have them, but we also have to, like, um, we also have to, we also have to, <laughs> all right, okay. No, out. I'm trying to finish my thought. <laughs> oh,
0: so wrap it up. Like, okay,
1: right I home? got you. <laughs> <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> But we also have to create spaces where teachers can be themselves, right? We're treating teaching like it's a widget situation. Like I give you the script, you stick to the script, and the results come out on the other end. Forgetting that the people in the classroom, right. those little people are individuals, right. right? And the person who stands in front of you is an individual, right? right. And they bring them full selves and their creativity right. and all those things. And I think when you allow a teacher to be an entrepreneur, you allow a teacher to be creative, yes. you give a teacher the guidelines and the framework by which they function, yes. they have a better chance of being, um, of being successful. Yes. I mean, look, I have a friend, a ma- she's a great teacher. Like, she can teach anything, right? She's super creative. Amazing. I would have it for a social studies teacher, right? She said something about painting the wall in her classroom a different, like, a different shade of white to be able to hang up some art stuff, and the school went ham-burger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with cheese? Right? right. With cheese?
1: Right, with cheese. Okay. Double. Uh-huh. And not the dollar version, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying like I get it. You got It's a school. You got to go through. Facility. But still, right? Yeah. The idea that your classroom needs to be uniform that how you right. hang things need to That's be uniform. The point. And every you know, That's the point. like right. one of our favorite teachers. Shout out Will Horton.
0: Shout out Mr. Will Horton, man. Right at uh, at uh, at Wilson, man.
1: Man, we walked in Will Horton's class when he was teaching third grade. I think he's teaching fourth grade now, and he was playing Mary J. Blige. As the musical chairs, while they learned about declarative sentences and sentence
0: structure. Come on.
1: And these students were falling out of their chair to raise their hand yes. as they moved. Let her now. Right?
0: We, we, we both wanted to get in the class.
1: We wanted to be in the third we grade. To be in, we
0: wanted to get a seat. I remember that I day. Wanted, we wanted to be to get in the
1: third grade, right? Yes. I, I that's
0: vibrant learning. Right? That's stuff. Excited you know, learning. You're
1: not excited about learning about declarative sentences. But somebody knows you're not excited about learning de- about declarative sentences, right. and figures out a way to make it engaging for you, right? Right, they, that's the kind of stuff we need. Kids are creative; they got all this content out there for them. Right, we need to figure out how to help them to curate so, that content so yeah. that it influences their education. I think that's so, one
0: thing. That's one consistent thing that we hear in the conversation when we, hit, when, we when we when we when we ask our fellows and our perspective to our educators, uh, you know, as, as, as we bring this conversation to a close, like what are the barriers? What are the barriers that keep you from uh, you know, going into the classroom and, and, and taking this passion that you have, and most of the time, uh, probably more than money, it's the impact they can't have impact. Uh, the curricula that they want to teach, how they want to deliver their their curriculums, um, how they're received by the people who run the building. How they receive it's too much. It's, it's too much of a control uh, factor and time. Teachers are pressed for time. I mean, oppressed for time, and pressed the, the to teacher to, to the test, these standardized tests, and that's not attractive. That's not attractive for for a prospective employee, telling them from the get go they're not going to have control, um, or, or no or influence, right? Or no you, influence, right? On the people that they teach, um, so that, that makes the job even more hard. So factory, we're
1: not trying to be back on the line
0: of GM. Shout out all my cousins who work on the line of GM. I
1: not. Right, but but, uh, but I'm just saying in fun in terms of just before we close. Yeah, before. In we close. terms of teaching, like that's what we're, we're treating teaching like it's a factory job. It is not a factory job, right? We're not making widgets. It's not the same kid with the same button, zipper, pair of shoes. Next. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I takeaways are, you know, let's put some common sense and some, and some humanity back in education. Huh?
1: I think that's, that's a good summary of uh, today's topic, Real Brothers
0: Teach. Real Brothers Teach. Uh, this is the, the To Ed With Love podcast. Uh, your co-host, uh, Larry Irvin, CEO of Brothers in Power to Teach.
1: Christina Jones, a.k.a. iPad, Chief Operating Officer.
0: And we will be at you every month talking education, talking music, talking community, talking people, talking good folk, talking solutions. Uh, Be blessed. Word. (laughs) For education, you can only work on a poor, paying job. And that poor, mean job enables you to live again in a poor neighborhood. So it's a very vicious cycle.